So just by way of um, introduction, um, I'm Christine Burney. I'm on faculty at a pharmacy school in Rochester, New York, called St. John Fisher College. And we do some short-term trips with our students in the pharmacy school. Um, we've done that for um, a few years. So we go to currently we're in El Salvador in the summer with a global health outreach project. Um, we're in India in January in a, uh, a project with my church. And uh, we have a trip that goes to Kenya, which partners with our nursing school. And we have some nursing faculty that lead that. So we offer three trips typically a year for um, students, um, and I'll take students on trips with me. Um, I've done that for about eight or nine years now and had done um, some short-term prior. So I've done primarily short-term, um, which is going to be the focus of a lot of this talk. Um, the most time I've spent on the mission field at one time is probably about four months. Uh, when I finished grad school, I went out on the mission field for about uh, four months volunteering in India and uh, came back and continued to do short-term ever since then, usually once or twice a year. And it's been just a privilege and an honor. Um, so I have some experience, but I, I would not call myself an expert. Um, but uh, So hopefully within the group, we will um, be able to pull some experiences together. Um, so with that, let me just start us off in a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our discussion. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time together this morning. I thank you for the conference and just the number of people from diverse backgrounds and experiences that you have brought to this conference. And what a blessing it is to be able to come um, here with like-minded people of similar interests. Um, and uh, we just pray that you would specifically be, a, be with me during this time, be with this group. Um, let me communicate um, what you have for this group that would be useful and practical for them. And, Lord, that we would bring glory to you in all that we do and say. We thank you, and in your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to start off. I, I was debating about the handouts because I'm trying not to kill too many trees. And also, I know you end up with so many things in your bag at the end of the day at this conference. But I wanted to also give you guys something useful. So I made two copies of um, two things that I probably get asked the most commonly common questions for. One is, do you have a copy of a formulary that I could use for a short-term trip? And so I, gave, I made copies of that. And the other one is, I need to acquire meds for my short-term trip. How do I do that or where do I get them from? And so we've made a listing of some of the organizations that provide some of that. So those are the two handouts. If they're useful for you, great. If not, um, you have two extra pieces of paper with you. So um, if, if you would like copies of this handout or this um, slideshow, when, when we're done, I, ha I do have a pad of paper sitting up here on the top in the front row. So if you would like to uh, write your name down there, I will email it to you. But I don't want to print out so many copies. So, um, so that's, that's available to you. So we'll go through those two handouts a little more specifically later on as we progress. So the idea of this talk was, you know, we have um, a, a variety of, of topics here. There's so many topics going on. So I appreciate you guys being here this morning because there's a lot of competing talks going on. Probably a lot I would like to go to, too. I always struggle with there's all these great pharmacy talks, and then there's all these other ones that I really want to be at. So you can get them on DVD or on, uh, on um, CD in the... Um, exhibit hall later on, so I encourage you to do that. Um, but the idea of this talk was to provide some background of um, for pharmacists or non-pharmacists who have to set up a pharmacy in a short-term mission trip setting, so a mobile clinic or um, a, uh, supporting a project that might be in a rural area. could be any setting, really. Um, so we're trying to give a kind of a model setting for that, and hopefully you can adapt it to the settings that, you're, that you work in. Um, can I just see by the audience how many of you are pharmacists? the group. Okay, great. How many of you are students? How, oh, wait, how many of you are pharmacy students? That's always, okay, great. Other students? We're happy to have other students, too. Thank you for coming. Okay, great. And how many of you have been out on short-term trips before, which I'm going to guess a big portion of you? Great. So a lot of experience in the room, as I expect, um, and um, so hopefully that will play in later as we have some time for some discussion. So I probably shouldn't stand on that side of the room. I'm going to stand on this side. Okay, great. So this talk, we really want to go through some of the basics. If you had to set up a pharmacy in a short-term setting, um, what kind of things are you going to need to bring with you? What are you going to do while you're there? Um, what are you going to do with maybe some of the things when you're done? How are you going to kind of pack things up and, and get out of that country? Um, so we're going to kind of go through uh, some of the logistics of that. And um, again, we'll have some time for some best practices at the end as well. Um, just a few verses. It's hard sometimes in the dispensing pharmacy role. I find that, you know, there's all this great medical missions and this evangelism going on outside the pharmacy. And you as the pharmacist or the pharmacy helper or whatever it is are stuck in the pharmacy and you're doing a great job dispensing and it's a lot of work sometimes and, and you know, you're thinking, 
oh, I wonder all that. I wonder how many people are coming to Christ out there. Or I wonder what else is going on. Or I hear some excitement, yet there's another 10 prescriptions that need to be filled. It's kind of like our retail pharmacy at home, too. So, um, you know, we, ha- we sometimes, um, you know, have to come back to, you know, what is really our goal and our focus? It's really about, um, it's really very Christ-centered, and we are part of that process in the pharmacy. So we try to be effective in that. Try to throw in some maybe some scripture passages or something um, in your dispensing, if you can. So um, just a couple verses to kind of start, of start us off. Cure the sick who are there. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come, to, come near to you. And one I like for pharmacy that if you're not familiar with, it's always a nice one. A cheerful heart is good medicine. And you notice it isn't amoxicillin or acetaminophen is good medicine. It's a cheerful heart. And I think that's a good reminder for us that sometimes it's not always that um, albendazole, although we probably do need that. Um, maybe it's not the amoxicillin or whatever it is that maybe Maybe it is a prayer. Maybe it is um, a word of encouragement. Maybe it's a smile. Um, and um, maybe it's a, a touch or a, or a hug um, for a patient can go a long way and sometimes a little farther than some medication can go. So I think we need to keep that in perspective as pharmacy-related people as well. So just kind of if you think about a, a short-term clinic and kind of the model that I'm going to use as we talk through um, some projects um, and, and some of this, is this is a kind of a typical... Um, short-term mobile clinic that if you were to set up in, in maybe a school building or a tent, um, and maybe some of you have been on very similar projects to this, so you come in maybe to a country and you're there for a week, and you partner with a local church, and you set up in a school building, and you have a couple different stations. So patients come in, they have a waiting area or a check-in area. Sometimes that's overseen by your nationals so that they can speak in the language and they know some of the patients. Then maybe there's a triage area where maybe there's blood pressure and glucose monitoring, some um, signs, um, some uh, documentation for some initial um, triage. Then they may go to um, a physician or other provider, maybe um, different specialties that you may have. If you have dentistry going on, maybe eyeglass clinic if you have that, whatever other types of things, um, they, services you might have. And then everyone funnels back to the pharmacy. And uh, so it's nicely distributed out and then everyone comes to you. So if you have eight or ten providers going on, seeing patients all at the same time, those eight or ten patients every ten minutes or so are coming to you in the pharmacy, in this pharmacy setting. And it can get sometimes a little bit overwhelming. Um, And then may or may not have a prayer or evangelism station after that, or that might be before. But this is kind of the model of of the experiences we're going to kind of speak from. Um, So there's a lot going on in that pharmacy. And so how do we prepare ourselves really the best to be able to uh, dispense properly to the patients, to do some good counseling? How do we get out of that pharmacy once in a while to see what else is going on and maybe use some of our clinical skills? Um, How do we, we make the most efficient type of system that might be here? So just some pictures and um, just kind of put some things in context. I do a lot of projects with students, so a few students dispensing. And, um, you know, dispensing is still, as much as in pharmacy, we want to try to get away from dispensing and more into our clinical um, expertise and our clinical focus, um, there's still a very big role for dispensing, and especially on a short-term trip. Somebody's got to dispense. And so if you have some students with you, actually that works out really well, um, and, uh, or if you have some technicians or other people, but um, it really is a big dispensing role, but there's opportunities for a lot of other things as well wrapped in there and to make sure that we do our dispensing role um, very well because the counseling component of that is going to be enormous with a language barrier, cultural barrier, and other complications that may come with that. Um, so just a few other things you can see here. This is actually one of my students up top um, explaining how to use nose drops, explaining how to use an inhaler. You know, it might take some time to do this at home. Um, it might take a couple minutes to really explain that to a patient. Now do that with a language barrier or someone that's never even seen an inhaler before. And so you've got some other things to work through in the pharmacy here as well. So we'll start off here talking about um, what you do before you go. And uh, there, are, there really are um, quite, a f- quite a few things in the preparation time and really very important aspects. And I would say for uh, those of you that have a pharmacy background, even if you don't go on a mission trip, so maybe you've gone before and you have some experience, but you can't go this year, 
Um, I would say that you could provide a lot of support for a medical mission team just by staying at home and helping them prepare. Um, there is really a lot of, of preparation that needs to go in in development, development of a formulary, acquisition of supplies, getting their packaging and supplies and everything together packed up and ready to go. And this is actually um, quite a, a significant portion of, um, of the work and very important step in that. So we'll start off with some of that discussion. And one of the, the questions I get a lot is, you know, I, what kind of meds should I bring on my trip? And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different philosophies to this, um, you know, but I think the overall one would be try to keep it as simple as possible. And I would say it's very important to develop a formulary first. And I know a lot of people, and I know some of the early mission trips I had done primarily in um, Nepal and India and with our, our church and my first medical mission trip and our mission director hadn't done much medical experience. And we had a very big church and um, we had a couple of drug reps and a couple of physicians and they kept dropping off meds in the mission office. And so the mission director would say to me, oh, Christine, you know, look, we've got all these meds donated. And it's like the latest, you know, antibiotic and hypertensive meds and all these things that I look back now and I say, oh my goodness, just leave them home. <laughs> we don't really need those on the mission field. You know, amoxicillin is still a great antibiotic and it's very cheap. Um, and, you know, the simple, cheap um, uh, types of, of medications are really the things that we want and maybe not the really fancy new, um, you know, augmentin 875. You know, there may be a time and a place for some of those things, but for the most part, the simple drugs Stay away from complicated things. Stay away from chronic diseases unless you have some follow-up care. You know, there's some very, very significant things to be thinking about as you develop your formulary. So just some overall types of um, concepts. You know, if you are working within a team, so if you're the pharmacist or you're the pharmacy representative or you're the one in charge of organizing that pharmacy, you know, talk to your other providers that are going to be on that team with you. Um, and make sure that you're developing the formulary in, in concert with them because they may have some specific things they want. You, you may have some perspective on what you think is there, so make sure you're working with them. Um, and that's a, that's a very important step. You don't want to develop a nice formulary you think is great and then first day out on the field and, and they're like, where's this, where's that? There's all these holes, I need to have that. So make sure there's some communication between the other providers um, and yourself when you're setting that up. Consider the side effects of medication. Consider things that are going to be potential problems. Um, sometimes we'll give a, um, you know, a diuretic with, with a potassium, you know, with a potassium supplement in it. We don't want to add in any other medications on top of things that um, they're already going to need, um, and we shouldn't be doing blood pressure and things anyway. So that's all right. But you know, think about that as we're developing some of the or choosing some of the medication. Remember that our patients are drug naive. Most of these patients have not probably had a lot of medication. They haven't had a lot of antibiotics, so they probably don't have a lot of the sensitivity issues that we see here in the in the U.S. So again, simple, low doses, um, and simple medication is probably going to be very, very effective. Um, consider your patient's access to follow-up care. And I think that's very important as we think particularly of chronic diseases, diabetes, hypertension. And, you know, if your patient has a, a physician they go to or a clinic they go to or they have access to, or maybe they were on some blood pressure medication prior, maybe you want to give them some to hold them over until their, their next visit. But if they have some, some a high blood pressure and they haven't seen a doctor in a couple years and they're probably not going to see one again until maybe the next um, uh, short-term team comes through, probably not a good idea to start them off on something that they're not going to be able to continue on with. So keep that in mind as you're developing your formulary. Decide whether or not, whether or not you're treating those chronic diseases. And again, it's going to depend upon your setup. If you're working with a local clinic or a local hospital, that might be appropriate. If you're out on your own and... Uh, going to be packing up in a week and that's it, you, you probably want to avoid that. Um, come back to the, the uh, Hippocratic Oath of the do no harm. And, and that's hard. We're handing out medication. We have useful medication that's helpful for people and we want to cure their uh, problems that they have, but we also want to make sure we do no harm. So I think we need to be reminded of that. Um, you know, there's, uh, I was reading some things in preparations for this, and I know um, GHO had done a, util a drug utilization um, seminar a few, few months back, and um, someone had forwarded to me, and um, there was uh, some nice notes on there that said, give no more than two medications to any patient. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, I've done a lot of short-term trips with all different teams, and I'm sometimes dispensing four, five, six medications to one patient. And we do that in the U.S. all the time. But in a place where people are not familiar with the 
the drugs. They're not familiar. Maybe they're only partially literate. Um, maybe there's not a lot of information on that little baggie that you're handing them. And now they're walking away with five medications. That's a potential for a lot of confusion, for mistakes. Oh, I thought this one was my pain medication, and it's really my antibiotic. Or this one was, I thought was from my stomach, and it's really just my, it's my multivitamin. So, you know, that's something to think about. You know, small numbers of meds, pick out the, the two, maybe the ones they need the most, and maybe we shouldn't, shouldn't load them up with all these extra things maybe they don't need. So do no harm. Think about things for your specific geographic region. Is there something, if you're working in, in Africa, then HIV needs to be something you need to think about. How are you going to handle that? Are you going to handle uh, complications of that? Um, it's, if you're in a cold climate, a warm climate, wherever that may be, you may have different things you need on your formulary. Um, you need to know how many patients you're going to see. Um, if you're going to come up with numbers and then you're going to try and get some of this medication, so we may not know until you get there, but take a guess and try to make out a formulary based on that. Um, how many children are going to be there versus adults? That's going to be important. If you're working with a school system, for example, and most of your, your patients are going to be uh, children, then you're going to need a lot more suspensions and chewable tablets and things that might be a little pricier. So you need to think about that. And then keep in mind the cultural perspective of things. So if there are some things that are not appropriate or relevant in that culture, or maybe there are things that are very good in that culture that we are not as familiar with. So maybe they use some um, local types of um, herbal products or some um, uh, simple natural products that maybe we could incorporate into our, our uh, formularies. That would be great if we had that knowledge of that before. Um, one thing I'm always uh, interested to find out about as I travel is um, what the women use for um, uh, yeast infections. Do they use suppositories? Do they use vaginal suppositories or rectal suppositories? A lot of countries, absolutely not, wouldn't even consider using something like that. So if you're thinking about bringing, you know, a vaginal suppository for yeast infection and the, the women would just would never use that, you might want to think about using a Diflucan tablet or something else um, for that. So be thinking about those types of cultural perspectives in, even in the development of your formulary. Just a few small comics along the way. I found this one. I thought it was cute. Um, we're all out of the penicillin, so just let this loaf of bread get nice and ripe and take two slices a day. <laughs> so let's hope we're not doing that on the mission field. There are lots of cultural things we can bring in and maybe some, some local remedies and things, but um, stay away from the, you know, maybe the moldy bread, but uh, that was cute. Um, so just some things as we, we think about the, the medications. Choose low-cost medications, and I would really encourage that you um, not rely on donations of just whatever you get. Really make a formulary and then go out and purchase some of that medication or find ways to be able, able to get that. Um, you're going to need a budget for some of those meds, so don't rely all on that um, augmented 875. Um, consider uh, drug side effects, um, IV fluids and, and meds. Think about whether that is going to be relevant for you. Are you going to need to bring some of those? Some IV meds are probably a good idea. Um, some, uh, maybe some injectable rocephin or something, um, some antibiotics, um, some um, IV fluids. If you have someone that's really dehydrated, might be good to have. Even for a short-term clinic, you might need to have a few things with you. So that's something to be thinking about. Decide whether you're treating the chronic meds, chronic diseases or not. Usually what I would recommend is keep a small amount of them there so that if you have a patient that just needs to be carried over till the next time they see their doctor, you're able to supply them with that. Or if you have someone in crisis who's in a hypertensive crisis that you can get them through until they can get some follow-up care. Um, specialty medication. We did a mission trip to El Salvador this past um, August, and we had a dermatologist with us. And I was so glad I knew that ahead of time because she was very interested in all of the, the creams and ointments and all the topicals that we had in the pharmacy. So uh, thinking that ahead of time, I thought, okay, well, let me get a couple levels of steroids so that she has something, you know, some triamcinolone and some uh, some higher level things, and so she had a few things to work with. And sure enough, that was very important to her. She actually only saw derm patients. She was constantly coming in um, and asking what we had. We actually went out to the local pharmacy and got a few more things for her. So we really needed to adjust our formulary um, because we knew that we had that specialist um, on the team with us. That would be important for um, uh, women's health as well or, or other areas. Um, and then 
big things that I think sometimes get overlooked is multivitamins and the simple over-the-counter medication. We can go a long way with our over-the-counter medication. We don't need a lot of this high-level prescription meds. You know, a lot of this is very accessible and is very effective. Um, so um, that, that shouldn't be overlooked. And multivitamins? You know, wonderful thing. A lot of the trips that I've been involved with, we give multivitamins to all of our patients that come through. Um, and that is very nice in that for a patient who comes in who maybe doesn't have a lot of things wrong with them, but you don't want them to go through, all through your clinic. They've waited a couple hours. They've come all the way through, and then they leave with nothing. So if they're at least leaving with multivitamins, they feel like they've gotten something and very useful, usually supplement their diet. It's probably going to be very, very helpful to them as well. So we tend to order a lot of multivitamins and include that right in the beginning, figure out how many we're going to give out, 30-day supply. If we're going to see 1,000 patients, we've got to take that into account. It's a lot of multivitamins to be bringing, bringing with us, but we try to plan that out ahead of time. And then some other things that um, I, I find are useful are sometimes some, some soaps and shampoos and lotions. Um, I tend to collect them as I travel and you're in hotels and you have your little shampoos and things they provide for you. And I prefer my own. So I usually just take those from the hotel and throw them in my, my suitcase and then I bring my own and use those. And so at the end of the year when I'm leaving for a mission trip, I've got this nice bag of little toiletries. And the people are very, very appreciative of this. A little hand lotion for somebody that's got some dry skin. And even if, you know, the physician didn't need to prescribe it. It's okay. You can just give it to the patient. They're ecstatic. Even some soap for someone that um, uh, has a wound or it doesn't even need to be that. And, you know, someone you just might think might benefit from another bar of soap. They're very appreciative of that. Um, so it's, uh, it's a good thing. Shampoos, lotions, soaps, um, they all appreciate it. Um, just a few things. Let's flip over to the formulary page. Now, I had handed out, um, oh, Ron had handed out, thank you, Ron, um, just a, a two-page, just a front and back on the model formulary. And I'll just kind of glance through that um, quickly. You can kind of look through it on your own. But as I mentioned, a lot of people will ask for, hey, I'm doing a, a trip for the first time, or, um, you know, I, I, somebody else did this the last time we went, and now I have to come up with a formulary. I don't know where to begin. And so this is, a, this is one example of one. Again, it needs to be customized to your setting and your situation. So um, this is just an example of some things that might work um, and some categories that um, we have found useful. So obviously analgesics is a big area. Everybody has a headache. Um, everybody's got some type of pain. A lot of times you're in developing nations where people are working hard all day. So of course they have some pain and have a headache at the end of the day. Um, we often will say that if people drank more water, that probably they would reduce their headaches by half. So a lot of them are dehydrated out in the sun and um, probably could drink more water and they wouldn't need that acetaminophen that day. So that's a good thing as we're dispensing to say, you know, make sure you're drinking plenty of water if you're out in the sun all day um, doing manual labor and those types of things. So a lot of analgesics, make sure you have some for adult and pediatric some steroid medications, there's hydrocortisone and triamcinolone cream on here, but um, could be any, any varieties of those. Um, triple antibiotic ointment, something for burn. Uh, clotrimazole cream, some kind of antifungal is, is um, usually well needed. Something for the eye, usually some type of antibiotic eye drop or um, erythromycin ointment. So ointments may be preferred for some people, but um, a lot of these choices are um, relatively cheap choices, so maybe not your, your choices you might choose if you're in a pharmacy in America. The sulfacetamide sodium eye drops, very inexpensive, and so very effective, very inexpensive. So a lot of these chosen for those reasons. Some anti-infectives or antibiotics, moxicillin. <clears throat> we need some metronidazole, cephalexin, doxycycline, cipro. Um, <clears throat> we had some Tamiflu on there from the, the swine flu and some fluconazole. And that might be a good selection. It covers most things. You might have a little better um, uh, choices on those, but these are relatively inexpensive, except for the azithromycin, I might add. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but the other is relatively inexpensive and in covering um, most of those, those areas. So, again, if you can get so, um, some things donated and then supplement it with some of these inexpensive antibiotics, that's useful. Make sure you get some for pediatrics because that's very important, um, and you'll have a lot of young kids. Usually a mother will come in, and she'll have three children, and all three will be sick, and so uh, it, it really multiplies with the young children as well. You'll notice a small amount of antihypertensive meds, um, stomach problems. Everybody has a stomach problem, I find, and I've done a lot of work in India and Nepal and um, uh, 
Central and, and South America. So I think a lot of places where everybody likes chili peppers, um, I think, is part of the problem. So everybody likes spicy food, and then they come in and, oh, I have some, my stomach hurts. And, you know, okay, well, cut down on the spicy peppers, first of all, and then, you know, we can probably give you some famotidine, too, and that might help out. But that is a, a, a fast mover, we should say. Um, some, an, uh, some antacids and some other things might be good in there as well. Um, albendazole, it, highly used. So, it's, you know, a lot of clinics I know will give out albendazole to every patient that comes through. Um, you may decide to give it to just patients that are, are complaining of their stomach uh, problems, and then, you know, further discussion can lead to you can uh, narrow down that this may be a parasite. But this is a common one, and I know a lot of people will just give it out uh, to every patient that comes through the clinic. So, uh, bring plenty of that. Some antihistamines, again, cold and cough is just a, a common uh, problem. Uh, ferrous sulfate, um, lots of anemic women, particularly if you work are in areas that are a little bit more malnourished. Um, in India, we see this is a big problem in the women. Um, a lot of them very, very anemic um, when we mentioned the multivitamins. On the back side, I just have the specialty medications or the specialty IV products and things. You can see just a few select items. We usually bring an EpiPen just in case we have somebody with a reaction to something. So it's a good, good measure to keep. Um, some dexamethasone for some uh, injections, triamcinolone. Again, a couple antibiotics and other things there. And then I have this additional items section, and this is probably this, this next session, so we'll kind of jump back into this. But I left that on there just to kind of have you thinking through that. You know, although we think in the pharmacy, oh, I developed the formulary, I'm all set, I've got all the meds. But there's all these other small things that still need to be ordered and to make sure that it's on the trip as well. A lot of times it falls back on the pharmacy. So um, if, it's, if it's not the pharmacy, someone else is handling it, that's fine, but make sure someone is on the team. So that would be good, good questions to ask. Um, are you having first aid supplies, um, things like bandages? Is this an area where you're going to need a lot of that? Or usually just a small amount of that, honestly, is probably useful. Um, tongue depressors, um, that's one that everybody wants to check the throat, and so the providers are always looking for that. If you're going to do any type of diagnostic or um, testing, urine sticks or um, uh, pregnancy tests, um, those can be very simple urine tests that you can do, and people are very, very pleased to find out whether they're pregnant or not, so that's usually a very useful thing. Um, things like gloves. We often forget that, but everybody needs gloves. Um, the providers need them, and um, everybody needs them somewhere. Um, that or a lot of antimicrobial gel. So uh, also another one that probably good to have a couple little stockpile of that in your pharmacy. So when uh, it's the end of the week and everybody's running out of their antimicrobial gels, they're all coming to the pharmacy to look for them, look for more. So have a few, few extras in there. And then uh, for the triage people, probably going to need some glucose monitoring. Make sure that you have a machine and the strips that match. <laughs> Seems like an obvious thing, but <laughs> I see lots of agreement around the room. You know, we were out on a trip in uh, El Salvador again this last August, and I've been on this trip for four years. And, um, you know, same team leaders, a great, great team. And we ended up with, like, five machines and, you know, strips that went to another machine. And I was like, how can this happen? You know, <laughs> and we had a lot of things. We ended up going to the local pharmacy and buying some in-country. And, you know, it happens a lot because somebody donates something or that's the one from last year. And then, oh, I thought we had the strips. Double check, you know, and then make sure you have lancets and other things to go with that. Probably a good point. So alcohol swabs and lancets probably could be added onto there as well. Um, some other things. So that's kind of your, your pharmacy, your formulary list with your supplies. That would probably be my suggestions for that. Um, probably many other things that could be added to that as well, but at least it gives you some guidance. Um, but don't forget about things that you're going to need in your pharmacy. So if somebody's going to be dispensing, then you're going to need some, quite a few things, actually. You're going to need some little baggies to put your medication in. You're going to need some labels. Um, labels in the local language would be a good thing. So if you're in a Spanish-speaking country, make sure your label's in, in Spanish. That's not too difficult to put together. If you are in, um, we're working in, in, uh, um, in Pune, India, where the language is Marathi, and the script looks like a Hindi, uh, Hindi script, not quite a Hindi script. So I can't get that on the label. I just can't do it, and I wouldn't have any idea what it is anyway. So we use English there because at least there's some people around that speak English and that can read English in the educated areas, so we, we rely back on English there. So but try to make it appropriate for the setting there. 
Bring plenty of blank labels as well because when you run out, you'll need something else. Um, baggies for dispensing, dispensing bottles. If you're going to do suspensions, sometimes you have some larger bottles. Some dispensing bottles might be useful. Dosing cups. Great to just hand somebody a little albendazole and a little dosing cup and hand it to, to them right there. Or you make up something in your mortar and pestle and you give it to someone. You, they're just useful for everything. And you can get a whole pack of them for about $2. So useful thing um, to have those little dosing cups people can use. Oral syringes and teaspoonfuls. Uh, we don't think about that a lot of times. Um, you know, you tell your patient, take a half a teaspoonful or one teaspoonful. Just like in America, we need to make sure somebody knows how to measure that. And so you might need to bring some of those along. I find it's, it's sometimes difficult to acquire those, and I have to either purchase them or we're ordering them from someplace. So something to look out for. Make sure that you can get them. If you can get them donated from somewhere, that's even better. Syringes and needles, a pill splitter, pill cutter. Um, so always a useful thing. Counting trays and spatulas. Um, a mortar and pestle. So, you know, I, I happen to teach compounding in the pharmacy school. So there's absolutely going to be a mortar and pestle on all my trips. So I try to get my students in there to do a little bit of compounding. And, you know, you may think, well, what, what kind of compounding do we do? Sometimes we'll crush up an albendazole tablet and give it to a young child who, who doesn't want to chew it or, or, or can't. Um, we may do some um, uh, types of suspensions and things. We've done some ointments. It's, it's really kind of the, the, the depth that you want to go to in your your compounding setting, but we've made up some simple syrup in the pharmacy before, and you know, if I have students there, we do all these kinds of interesting things, and um, you know, have them make a little suspension of something, and then uh, put it in an oral syringe that we can give it to a young child, and we'll often dispense it right to the child right there, um, so that we know they're going to take it and they're not going to go home and dispose of it. So, graduated cylinders, got to measure those um, water for those. Uh, um, suspensions, scissors, Sharpie markers, drug reference books or PDA or whatever you're going to use. Make sure you have some type of reference book um, that's going to be useful. Um, educational material, if you're going to give, uh, you could hand out things to your patients. You might want to bring that along, um, some useful information for them. And then I highly recommend candy or stickers. I've got this right on my, my uh, pharmacy supply list because those young children who you gave that albendazole tablet to or that suspension who is now spitting it up all over the place or screaming and yelling, a sticker or a little piece of candy goes a long way. So good to have those in the pharmacy. Um, these are some of the, the little baggies that we've used, and I know a lot of people use some different varieties of these, but they're available from a um, bunch of different places. This one's from IDA, I believe. But this baggie has a little place on it. You can see the sun and the moon and the um, kind of half, half sun. So it's very good for someone that might be illiterate um, or may not be able to understand the writing or the words. They can at least understand if there's a little check mark in there, and this one doesn't have the check marks in it, but you can just put a one or two check marks in it. So they take two in the morning, two at night, however that is. Even if they can't understand anything else, they can probably understand that. So it's useful for someone who may be, may be illiterate or not able to understand the language. Um, this also has some markings you can see for a half tablet, also for a teaspoonful and a dropper. So there's, there's some, some space on there to write on some things. Um, we usually write a little bit more than just a MOX 500 number 21. So this is probably a pre-pack, and then um, we would try to put a little more information on there when we uh, were ready to dispense it. So I just flipped over. Also, I grabbed this picture. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned, you know, we're stuck in the pharmacy and we kind of miss out on some of the evangelism opportunities. And sometimes, you know, we get so busy, we get caught up with things. And uh, so we came up with this a couple years ago with the students of putting a little Bible verse into the um, prescriptions. So, you know, a small thing, but to print them out ahead of time in the local language and then just put them in all the little bags. Somebody could even do it before um, before time. We don't do it the day of dispensing, but you can preload the bags, or we put them all in the multivitamins. So we know every patient's going to get multivitamins, so we put them in there, and now everybody's got a Bible verse to go home with, even if they throw it away. It's okay. No, no big loss, but a nice uh, small thing to be able to kind of show Christ uh, in our, our pharmacy work. Okay, so that's a little bit about the formulary. Um, we can add in some more things as we, we move along with that, but let's, let's move along to acquisition of medications. So now we have this nice laundry list of things that we need. How do we get all of that? Okay, and so there are some places that do some donations, and there are quite a few organizations that actually um, provide some things for sale at, at a discounted price, at a, a reduced um, cost, and that is, is very helpful and uh, very well-organized groups out there. 
Um, so a few things that I would say, um, kind of donations, and you can flip over to this second page that I have given everyone. And I tried to update some of this. I've, I've done this for a few years, so if you've been around at these talks, you probably have seen this um, paper before from me. Um, but I tried to update it with some latest things. Um, so we'll just go through very briefly. Kingsway Charities, if you're not familiar with them, this is a great organization that provides medication to projects. Um, the project must be an evangelical Christian project in order for them to donate um, meds to. It is free of cost. They ship it to you. It's a wonderful program. They also have albendazole program um, with that. Um, there is a couple of, um, I think it's an eight-week um, kind of lead time on that, so you do want to get started on that early. And they are now online, so I was pleased to find that as I updated my information. It used to be just you called the phone number and kind of got the um, paperwork for it, but now it's all online that you can submit in. So, so that's um, a really great thing. Um, the Johnson & Johnson and MAP program is another one that's been around for a while. They make boxes, pre-made boxes of um, all um, kind of over-the-counter products. There's one box, and then there's a separate box that has some prescription and um, OTC meds together. And I think it is, um, price just went up, I think, to $50. So it's $50 for shipping, they say, but the box is free. And it's several hundred dollars worth of medication, and it's quite a nice pack of, of things. So it, it's, it's well worth that $50. Um, they also have some medication um, pack plus some, with some additional things in it. I have more information on that sheet for you with the contact information. And then Direct Relief International, I just recently um, identified this one, that they have both a Diflucan and a Viramune project um, where they will um, uh, provide some of that for free as well. And so I have not done that before, but I just read some things on their website. So um, that is also in some nice projects. They seem to have quite a few things through um, Direct Relief International. So um, that's another one where the pharmaceutical companies are partnering with an organization it used to be that the pharmaceutical companies gave away a lot of this medication. Each company had their own program, and they have found over the years that they don't want to be bothered with all this stuff. So they funnel it into one of these organizations like Direct Relief, and they say, we're going to give it to Direct Relief, and they're going to figure out how to distribute it to everybody. So that's really what's going on with some of these groups. So those are just three I would, I would recommend um, that have kind of come up as donations pretty much and maybe some, some small cost for some shipping. Um, in addition to that, I would say there are also mission wholesalers, you might call them, um, places where you can purchase medication. I imagine a lot of you have used these in the past. Blessings and MAP um, are two very common ones. They're both here in the exhibit hall and provide some very good medications at discounted prices. Personally, we use Blessings all the time for multivitamins, and they have a very good um, rate on multivitamins in bulk. So we use that regularly. Um, MAP also provides some um, complete boxes. Both of them have a nice listing of, of uh, medication you can use. ANDA is in one that I picked up from um, Global Health Outreach Projects a couple years ago, and they are, um, they used to be Watson, and they were bought out, and you know how all that merger, merger goes, but um, you can order directly from them. Um, they give a discounted price, and I've compared a lot of the prices between Blessings Map and ANDA, and um, I've been really happy with ANDA, so it's just my personal preference. Um, it's really, they're all great. I've used all of them regularly, um, but what I like about ANDA is their overnight shipping. So if I need something and I forgot it or it didn't come in from the blessings order or it's, it's the expiration date is not within what I need to for this country, I can call up ANDA again and say, can you ship this one extra thing to me? And it comes within a day or two, which is just a wonderful thing if you're kind of last minute trying to get something else. Or, um, But their costs are very good as well. So the contact information is on there. And then IDA, I've used a number of years ago. I haven't used them recently, but um, excellent group. that comes out of the Netherlands, I believe, um, uh, highly discounted prices, um, another great resource. And then additionally on that sheet, I just have a variety of other resources for you that you are welcome to look through. There are um, lots of organizations out there that provide meds or supplies as they get them from different places. Some of them will be free. Some of them will, you'll have to pay shipping for, but um, some great um, kind of portals or uh, organizations that provide medication and supplies. So um, this is just a sample of them. Um, actually, I have down at the reference, there is a website, and I think, I think uh, Bruce Carr is here, right? Okay, great. There is a... I've got uh, yes. 100 copies of this to give away. Great. So just see me afterwards. 
Perfect. Okay, so Bruce Carr has a very nice website, which I reviewed this week. I was reviewing my handout, um, and uh, a great um, reference down here at the bottom. Um, it's a website called helpingoverseasdirectory.org, and this has a lot. All these organizations are listed there. You can just click on them, and it'll bring you right to their website, um, and Bruce has some additional information there. So excellent resource, excellent portal for a lot of that equipment and supplies, so highly recommend that. Um, you pick up that information as well. Okay, so in addition to purchasing, yeah, question. On the uh, mission wholesalers, are they cheaper than just getting costs like from the Jesse Absolutely. Yes, much cheaper. A lot of them are formulated for, and they will say um, right on it, only for export. And so they can't even be used in the U.S. So they are ones that are prepared just to be exported outside the country and much, much cheaper prices. But yeah, yeah, great question. Yes. Americas. What is it? I'm sorry? Americas. I have not. Anyone else an experience with them? I, I, I have not. Okay. And you're happy, yeah. happy with them? Great. Okay, nice. So another one on that list that might be on Bruce's list. We're the biggest of all the organizations. <laughs> Great. Another is equipped on the sites, and their bottom and prices are actually... Great. Great. Thank you, guys. Great. Excellent. All right, great. Well, I'm going to move along a little quicker so we can have a little more discussion because I think that's really very useful. Um, just some other things for donating some medication. Um, think about your own resources within your um, situation, whether it be your church or your school or your social groups or wherever that may be. You can get a lot of over-the-counter um, meds donated, maybe vitamins, maybe supplies, maybe triple antibiotic ointment. Those are some ways to get some things donated as well. So uh, if you don't want to, if you want to involve a congregation, for example, um, be aware that you might get things in different sizes and shapes and varieties. So that's a little bit of a, a, a travel difficulty, um, but that um, that is a way to acquire things. And then still you can get things from physicians, dentists, pharmacists, uh, sales reps, everyone that's out there. There are still things to, to get. Toothbrushes from dentists or providers um, or uh, suppliers is, is a great thing. So, you know, keep in mind those resources. Don't be afraid to ask for them. You never know what, what might come up. A few things we want to talk about in uh, transporting medication. Um, keep the things in the original bottles um, has been my experience. It's nice to prepack ahead of time, and that's really nice. It's really efficient when you get on the field. But sometimes going through customs and getting into those countries, there's questions about the expiration date and the lot, lot number. So probably best to keep it in the original bottles um, until you get into that country. Once you get into the country, maybe your first day you want to set up as a, a packing party of kind of prepacking some of that medication and getting it ready for maybe your first day of mission. Um, keep in mind also different countries will have different requirements on the um, expiration dates. So you want to bring everything that's in date. Don't bring anything out of date unless you absolutely know that's going to work out in your country. Most of the time it does not. But what I'm finding now is more and more countries have more restrictions on that. So even El Salvador, where we've been going to, everything has to be at least a, um, 12 months before the expiration date. So you get companies will sometimes give things that will, will be short dated. Oh, it expires in three months or something. Can't bring it anymore. So everything has to be at least 12 months from the expiration date. So important issue when you're ordering things, you know, blessings and these guys are used to that now, so we can write it right on there. Um, but keep that in mind in your ordering. Make sure you know what the situation is in your country that you're going to be going into. So that's, that's something to, to be considering. Um, avoid controls if you can, um, just, just potentials for problems, um, unless you know you can, you're not going to have a problem getting them in. We had some Sudafed that got thrown in on a, some cold preparation going into a, a country recently, and um, Sudafedrin's illegal in that country, and they caught it in the airport, and we were there for hours. It was a big problem. So something as simple as a box, one box of Sudafed. Um, so be careful of those kinds of things. 
We typically will pack our medication in our luggage, and we will carry it with us. And this has been our experience, that this is probably the best way to get it into most countries. If you send it ahead of time, you get it stuck in customs a lot, and you have problems there, you may not get it out in time for your project. So if you take it with you, and you can usually get it through a little bit easier, you still may have some problems in customs, but try to work with your local partners that they can maybe set some things up for you ahead of time. If you need to clear it with some government officials before, that is great. We have sometimes send a list ahead of time, and our national partners will um, bring that list to some officials um, before time and kind of get it stamped so when we arrive, we hopefully can get in um, pretty smoothly. But try to work out as many of those details as possible so you're not standing in the airport with suitcases open all over the place with medication, which has happened many times. Um, so keep in mind your, your in-country regulations. That would be important. Okay, so that is primarily the preparation for the trip, which is, as I said, is probably most of the work. I really think that is a lot of work to prepare everything. During the trip, we're going to pack and dispense. Um, patient counseling is going to be important, and then disposal and distribution. So let's talk a little bit about that. We mentioned keeping all of the bottles in um, their original, the medication in their original bottles before you, um, as you travel into the country. But I would highly re recommend you do some repacking once you get there. So if you travel maybe on a Saturday and you have Sunday maybe in that country and you go to the church and then you have Sunday afternoon to kind of get ready, maybe you want to have a, a pill packing party. Um, and Prepack some of that medication and get that ready so that when you start your clinic, maybe Monday morning, you have some, some prepacks ready to go. Um, these small Ziploc bags you can use. There's varieties of them out there. There's also labels available. Um, there are some of these, these word lists, uh, word has some words, um, on there of the, the pharmacy label. There is some of these available on the Christian Pharmacist Fellowship website. So um, you are um, welcome to go and use those. Those labels are there. You can download them. They're right I can print it right off your label sheets. Some of them are in Spanish and other languages as well. There's other um, uh, drugs right included in them. So um, a good, good reference for you, cpfi.org. Okay? And if you're not a member of Christian Pharmacist Fellowship, highly encourage you to do that. To, to that. Look at the website while you're there as well. So this is a great resource. Uh, make some labels ahead of time and prepare that. And make sure your patients understand their medication and, and uh, have it well labeled as you're dispensing it. Again, use the local language if you can. Um, think about pictures for the illiterate. And um, state the indication on the label. So if this is for pain or this is for infection or this is for stomach, I have found this has been very useful for patients. They have three prescriptions sitting in front of them. They all look the same. And you're so busy and you're telling them, take this once a day for stomach, this once a day for your infection, and this is your multivitamin. And they're just overwhelmed. And even if they have the directions on there, they may think, well, my pain went away. One of these was for pain. I can't remember which one I should stop taking now. And so if you write on there, you know, some of the simple words for some of the, the pain or for infection, stomach, this is going to go a long way for your patients to help out. Um, another thing to be thinking about during the trip is your inventory. And if you're there doing a pretty big project and you're moving along and uh, halfway through the week you find out you're almost out of vitamins and you're trying to give everybody a 30-day supply, hmm, Okay, so you need to be thinking about that, and that's something I'm always trying to do throughout the week because you don't want to end up the last week with nothing. So be monitoring that along the way. Oh, we're running low on our Cipro. Let's see if we can get people to switch over to another antibiotic. Or uh, let's cut down on the multivitamins because we're seeing twice as many patients as we thought. So let's give everybody 20 instead of 30. Um, so you know, might, might need to make some modifications along the way. Patient counseling, very important. Um, have good translators for your patient counseling. And I know we don't always have control over that, but it's a very important point to be able to make sure our translators understand us, understand some of the medical words, and are not afraid to maybe talk about some things, some sensitive issues, um, uh, women's issues, feminine products, um, explaining how to use a, um, a vaginal cream. Uh, might be a little sensitive to somebody who's uh, doing the translation. Um, I had an issue in India last year that um, the person was taking um, metronidazole, and I was telling the, the translator, well, um, you have to tell them that they cannot take any alcohol. And I was listening to her, not that I know that much Hindi, but, you know, and I said, 
did you tell him did you tell him not to drink alcohol and she says she says no I didn't tell him that I said you need to tell him that she says well he doesn't drink alcohol and I said that's fine but I still want you to tell him that and she's you know about a 15 year old girl doing my translation I said it's very important and she said well it's it's culturally it wouldn't be right for me to tell him that because that implies that he does drink alcohol so she says I can't tell him that So I said, oh, we have, you know, we have, we have some things we have to work through. So, you know, you have to make sure that your translators are really getting everything uh, across to make sure that all that information is um, passed through. And a lot of times we don't know because we don't know what's going on as they're speaking. So those are some difficult things. Um, some educational pamphlets. Um, this is some things that we've tried to do. I had my, some of my students make up some of these. They did some uh, diabetes and, high, and um, high blood pressure monitoring. And so they made up a little sheet with some pictures on it with, you know, don't eat rice, eat chapati instead, or eat wheat tortilla, or, you know, try to cut down your sugar and cut down your salt, and with some pictures on there and some words, and that we could actually hand this out to a patient that was maybe a newly diagnosed diabetic. So some things we can do in the pharmacy world to kind of do some um, health education and um, use a little bit of our clinical skills. I'll also say that we can get out of the pharmacy We should be doing some glucose and blood pressure monitoring. This would be great. Health education, lots of things that pharmacists can do to uh, kind of expand our services beyond just dispensing. Um, there's lots of roles for this. A lot of times the nurses are doing these roles, but uh, pharmacists and pharmacy students can as well. There's lots of opportunity for that um, and uh, really expanding um, pieces. Even if you don't want to start your, your patient maybe on, a, di on a, a diabetic medication, even letting them know that, hey, your blood sugar high. It's very high, and you need to get some additional care. You can talk about some non-pharmacological uh, interventions and things you can do. It's a, do it as a screening and an awareness, and uh, someone that's really um, is in uh, a difficult situation, you can try to get them some additional help. So those are some things, too, uh, we can add on as well. Then just a few things on pharmacy utilization. I mentioned this earlier. Try to only provide no more than two medications per person, if that's possible, um, or a small number. Think about that as we're dispensing to our patients. So um, pharmacy may be the tail end of that, may not have as much power, but we can put that um, those comments forward to our, um, uh, some of the providers who may be doing some of the prescribing. I would also say that medication is not always the answer. And so health education, sometimes it's that smile, you know, back to that cheerful heart. Um, and, you know, we, we hand out a lot of medication. Um, but the more I see that, the more I kind of come back and say, hmm, maybe we shouldn't be handing out as much medication as we do. Maybe we should give a little more education and be a little bit more cautious about that. Um, increase the focus on disease prevention. And, um, and then keep a spiritual focus. Um, lasts a lot longer than the physical. So that uh, acetaminophen they're going to take and they're going to cure their headache, um, that might be for four hours or six hours, but the spiritual is going to have a much longer lasting effect than that physical. I like this little comic here uh, from the pharmacy. <laughs> Ask about our antidepressants, and there's a little doggy. I'm not sure if it's a doggy or a stuffed doggy, but either way, that works. And it's, you know, we had some antidepressants on our last um, trip to El Salvador. I'm sure it got donated from somewhere and got thrown into the box, and it was there, you know, when we were setting up. And um, so, you know, somebody came in, oh, do you have any antidepressants? We have somebody on who's depressed. And, um, you know, I'm thinking, too, maybe we can just give them a little dog. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and there's a role for all of that. But, you know, short term, we have to think about some of our roles in some of these things. What do we do with some of our unused medication? It's the end of our trip, and we have a whole bunch of stuff. I would think about that ahead of time. What are you going to do with this? You really don't want to bring it back to the U.S. Some of these country, some of these medication that you're bringing, you're not allowed to bring back to the U.S. It's for export only. So once it goes out, you can't bring it back in. So think about where you're going to be leaving this medication. Um, that's important. You don't want to just be throwing it out or leaving it with your host church or something with all this, uh, you know, antibiotics and things. So if you're working with a partner clinic there, or a partner physician, or maybe a hospital that you've built a relationship with there, some medical place that maybe you would donate your medication at the end of your trip. Um, if it's a project that you go back to each year or twice a year, maybe you want to have your local host package up that med extra medication and store it for you until you come back the next year. And now you've got a head start on some of your medication, and that is a very, very helpful. So be thinking about those things. Make a plan before you go. Don't just end up with a whole bunch of medication at the end of the trip and then not sure what you're going to do with that. 
Um, this is a verse I really um, just really kind of try to incorporate in um, in many aspects, but um, one I, I feel very strongly about. For everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much will, will be asked. And we as pharmacists or we as healthcare practitioners, we are entrusted with a lot. We have all this medication. We have a lot of knowledge. We have a lot of ability. And we are then have a lot of responsibility in that. It's very important, and particularly on the mission field where people don't have maybe the resources or the uh, additional support that they may need or they can't just go Google something to go look up this medication. We really need to um, empower them and make sure that they understand the medication that they're getting and have the um, uh, resources that they need. So if we're not able to do that, we have to be very cautious in um, how we move forward. Um, just a um, few references. I have those on the handout. My contact information is on all of the pages as well. Again, if you would like um, a copy of this presentation, um, you can sign up on that sheet just on the, on the front um, chair uh, right up there as well. So what I'd like to do is open up the floor. I think we're, we're pretty close to our end of our time, but if I look at the schedule, I'm seeing that we're not starting the plenary till 10. So I think we have a little bit of flex time. Um, and would like to open the floor for additional comments, best practices, questions, any of that. Okay, great. Okay, so the formulary that's listed there, um, I think for, is about for 2,000 patients. We had a team of about 40 people with us. So that was, so we had 40 bags to take with us. So we had everybody bring one bag personal and one bag of uh, medication. Um, so if you, um, you know, but again, we had dentists with a lot of equipment and other things. Probably the medication, I'm going to guess, was maybe about eight or ten bags, something like that. Okay, good question. Okay, yes. Yes. Okay, great. Yep. So the question is, um, as a pharmacist, can I have, can I order all these things and have them shipped to me? Some you can, some you can't. So each, each one's a little bit different. Most of the time you do need a prescriber's license um, to be ordering a lot of these things. Some of them w you can get shipped to you as a pharmacist. So they'll ask for a, a professional, a licensed professional, and you can provide your pharmacy information and your pharmacy license. So it really just depends on the, um, the particular organization. Yep, that's a great question. Okay, good. Yes. Buy the medications in country. Okay, great question. Um, we do sometimes as kind of a backup or a fill-in, but not typically to rely upon that. And, again, it may just depend – well, I should say it should depend on the country. I was thinking exactly what you were thinking about. And it just depends – it really depends on your experience and your situation there. So if you know the country and you have local contacts that um, are – that can do that safely with, and make sure you're not getting counterfeit medication, which I think is coming up in our, our talk later on um, this afternoon. But um, you can do that as well, which it, it saves on a lot of the transport and the people are familiar with the medication, which is helpful as well. Ron. I know GHO has started a policy that they are trying to purchase every medication within country uh, rather than taking it in for a couple That's reasons. Great. One is you know if they buy it there, then it's also available if the patient needs follow-up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you're supporting the local economy. But in order for that to work, you have to have a good national partner who's able to acquire those medications and have them for you when the team arrives. You can't hope that they're there. You have to know that they're there. And so they're trying whenever possible now, especially with the new airline regulations. It's hard, you know, to get all your personal stuff and all the supplies there. It's getting really expensive if you're bringing everything yes. with you. So many places now are trying to, but you have to have in-country a good local partner that's able to secure all those for you. And make sure the cost is, is appropriate. El Salvador, the in-country cost of the medication is very, very expensive. So we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even consider it. But India, we are buying it in-country now. So, yes. Well, one thing we've started doing, uh, I've learned all this the really hard way. I wish I'd heard this lecture about 13 <laughs> years ago. Uh, I require everybody for our short-term trips, we go to Peru, and they have to carry all of their personal stuff except any actual sharps that are not allowed on the plane in their backpack. Oh. That's a carry-on, and that way we have 
Very good. And that's a great idea. Yeah. That's very nice. Great. Over here. Comment on the IDA. Yes, please. Overseas, you can have it shipped to your country. Yes. Okay, great. So IDA will send it directly to the country. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Who's ready to receive that? Absolutely. Yep. Great point. Good. Questions, comments? Customs issues with that. I mean, we've had huge customs problems trying to send something. You've got to make sure you have a good local partner who's ready to receive that so, <laughs> and who knows the details about that because it may, it may be very difficult in, in some countries. Okay, yes. yes. This is for you and for everyone involved in short-term missions, but do you try to establish yourself with a, a local clinic? Because it's great to help someone's hypertension for two weeks, but the rest of the year, what do you do Absolutely. And that's the big debate on medical missions, short-term trips, I think. You know, if you're going into a place um, where, you know, the project we do in El Salvador, where there's a short-term team that comes in three times a year. So you know patients at least have some care three times a year. And so, okay. And hopefully they go to another clinic in between. But um, in India, we don't. No. So we don't use, we don't put them on blood pressure and glucose and um, diabetes, med no chronic meds. So it's, it right away starts with your philosophy on what are you going to dispense, what are you going to treat, um, what is your focus? Is your focus here to do medicine? Is your focus to do the spiritual? And medicine is a platform for that. And so that's a very important aspect as you're moving forward in your short-term trip is, you know, are we going to, what, what level of medicine really are we at? Are we trying to solve, do everything here? Or are we just going to do some of the basics? Where, where are we? Somewhere in between. These are great questions and great, great questions as you're signing up for a short-term trip to be asking those questions and make sure they're, they, they work well for you. Okay, good.